Hey everybody, welcome to Proven Progress. I'm your host, Bonnie Provincial, and I'm really excited to get season two of this podcast kicked off and going. I've been going through a lot of transitional changes in my own life, and I wanted to share a lot of those on here because I think what happens is when coaches or mentors and kind of these people that we are constantly seeing in the media, we're really seeing the final product of a ton of their hard work. And right now, I am just beginning that process. And there's been a lot of sacrifices that I've had to make because of this decision. And really, when it the word decide, it really is comes from killing something off. You know, if you think of the word decide, that side is in homicide, suicide, genocide, decide, like something is dying here. And the part the part of my life that's dying is this huge part of who I really thought that I was, who I thought I needed to be, And it took a lot of inner work and a lot of self-awareness and a lot of really soul-searching, if you will. I know that's a big, weird word to use, but the truth is, is that I really had this belief that I needed to physically work in order to succeed. I thought that that was the only thing I had going for me. I remember, you know, growing up, my dad would would look to my sister, who was incredibly intelligent. I mean, she got straight A's her whole life. He would look to her and, and say, you know, Stacy, you got to keep getting really good grades. That's going to get you into college. That's going to get you a college scholarship. And Bonnie, you better keep shooting hoops. You got to keep playing basketball because that's going to get you into college, which, you know, he had the best of intentions in telling me that by by no means did my dad ever tell me I was stupid. He never told me I couldn't use my brain. He didn't tell me any of those things. It was just that as a kid, as a young person, I excelled at sports. And for whatever reason, I really internalized that as being the only thing I was good at. And it wasn't really in the sense of that I was this stereotypical dumb jock. I mean, I got good grades in school. I had no problems getting into college. It it wasn't that I was stupid by, by any stretch. But this idea of, of like working, <laughs> of mentally working, of sitting down at a desk and, you know, pushing my pencil around and producing results was not something that I really understood how to do except for a sense of in school. And so when I went out and joined the workforce, I had taken business in school with, you know, more specialty towards accounting because I would look at people in certain positions, and I would say, well, that person's doing well, that person's making money, that person's got a lot of money, so what are they doing as a job? What's their career path? Oh, they're an accountant. Okay, I want to be like that person, so I need to be an accountant. And that is just like, that's not true. And and I am trying to explain that to my children now who are 14 and 12. I, I wish I really would have had these insights earlier on in their life, but it's, I guess, better late than never. But the thing is, is that when we become really good at something, 
when you become a master at something, it does not matter what it is. It could be drawing a picture. It could be drawing a cartoon. If you are a master at drawing cartoons, you're going to make money at it. Even if you're a master of doing science experiments in a chemistry lab, you know, we always kind of poke fun and joke at these people who are majoring in history or majoring in chemistry. And you're like, well, what are you going to be a chemistry teacher? Like that's the only J-O-B you can get with a chemistry degree or a history degree. And, you know, the, the generation that we're in right now, like I know my son Jordan, he watches a a guy on YouTube all the time. He's got thousands and thousands of subscribers and he legit just does really cool, wicked, awesome science experiments, makes them fun and cool and posts those on YouTube. And he's probably doing better than all of us who were teasing the person getting a chemistry degree, you know? And so, so I did a lot of this, this inner work and, um, at the, at the time, you know, I thought that, okay, accounting's not for me because, because I, you know, I'm sitting down in this business chair, I'm sitting down at this desk and I'm, I'm, I was, there was just this incongruency in my body. There was something going on where it was making me really unhappy because I felt like I wasn't succeeding. I felt like I wasn't quote unquote performing because I wasn't doing anything physical. And and I had always really enjoyed building. I had always enjoyed working with my hands. I I even remember there's this picture somewhere. I really should find it so I can post it for you guys. But I'm young, maybe seven, and I've built this race car track out of like hammer and nails that I like snuck out of the garage. And it was like I always loved to build. And my dad was always working on stuff. I have memories of him helping his friend Ben build build Ben's house. My dad built our own house with my grandfather. Um, I watched my dad build our barn and work on like a lean-to on our garage and things like that. And I was never allowed to help. You know, it was always like very serious work that was happening. And, and I was always in the way and I would want to be there and want to be helping and want to be working. And it was like, you can pick up nails. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't really included on a lot of this stuff, but I always really wanted to be. And even when I got into high school, my, my parents, when we were choosing, you know, you get to choose a few options or, or elective courses and my parents wouldn't let me take shop. I really wanted to take shop class. And they were like, no. Because actually my sister, who's older than me, you have to have like a vocational credit to graduate with a certain diploma in the state of Montana. And so we didn't have a home ec teacher at the time. Like it used to be that there was shop class and there was home ec. And that was like your vocational credit. And we didn't have a home ec program or anything like that. So my sister, Stacy, who's like incredible genius academic, she was going to have to take shop and she didn't want to. She was like, how is shop going to get me towards my dreams and goals? Like, that's not my thing. Like, I'm smart. Why would I waste my time in shop? And so when that was, my sister was going through that two years ahead of me, my parents actually like went to the school board and fought for her to not have to take shop and they allowed a computer program course that our computer department, our tech department taught. They allowed that to be quote unquote her 
her uh, Votech credit. And so they fought really hard for my sister to not have to take shop. And then here I am, and I really want to take shop. And my parents are like, no, Bonnie, like shop is not going to help you in your life. You are not going to do anything with shop. And I was like, really kind of deflated like it was just like well it's just something that I wanted to do and it was like and I I think I even said well yeah like I'm not gonna have a career in construction but I just want to take shop I want to learn I want to know so anyways that was when I was a freshman I was only in grade nine and so then by the time grade 12 came along I really really wanted to take shop still so I I opted into the course I opted into a carpentry course for a semester and I just didn't tell my parents that I was gonna do it and and by the time they had found out it was already set in stone so I got to take a semester of shop in high school and uh you know it was kind of they really just pushed me down this path of like no like you're going to like use like be smart use computers and my dad was very much very much like, you know, don't be like me. Like, I didn't pay attention in school. So now, like, all I can do is physically work for a living. Which is really ironic because my dad was an outfitter. He was a hunting guide. Like, he he went hunting for a living. He did something that he loved doing. He was an entrepreneur. Like, you know what I mean? He, and it, he didn't jump right out of high school and do that. But, but he... I mean, eventually created a business around a, a passion of his and, and there was no, there was no push to do that. You know, like I, that's something that I find incredibly fascinating and like it's, it's something to be so proud of that he did and he just didn't carry that pride and I'm not sure why I don't, I don't exactly know why. But I always saw it as this great thing that he did. and But he always, and I think that really all parents, they want something that's better for their kids, right? We want, we want our kids to have a better life than us. We want them to learn from our mistakes. But the thing is, is that I think a lot of times what we think is a mistake might not be. it, And it might not be a mistake for our kids. And, and we weren't really taught how to pay attention to our inner voice, how to listen to our spirit, how to find, find that person inside that we really are. We weren't taught that. Our parents weren't taught that. It's kind of this idea that's becoming more and more for, to the forefront because I think now we actually have the more proof. We have, it is easier now more than ever to make money at doing something you love. Because really, you can pretty much make a video of anything, and if enough people like it, you're going to make money. So, anyways, that was kind of my high school path, and (laughs) I came around full circle to this time where it was like, I'm going crazy working in an office, trying to have a business job. This is not congruent with who I am. I need to physically work. And I had always wanted to build a house. Like that was, it was like, what do you want to do? You can make money at it. Just do it. Become a master at it. You can make money at it. And that, what do I want to do was build a house. And I've really, I've shared that story on, on previous episodes. But to me, that, that moment of like, what do you want to do? I want to build a house. Like that was 
something that I was doing to hide. And it was this very fulfilling journey at the time. But that was me running away and hiding from what I really wanted to do, what I thought would be amazing, but I thought that I couldn't do. You know, when I sat down and I looked at people who was like, wow, that's amazing what they do, is when I was working at the college and we we got lots of professional development opportunities there. People would come in and talk to us. You know, there was one instructor that came in and talked to us about verbal judo, about, you know, keeping our keeping our emotions in check and how to kind of present in a way and, and all these things to, to help us with the relationships with um, our coworkers and our kids and our spouse. There was another speaker who came in that talked about generational differences and how different generations can come together and work together and find common ground and how the old way might not always be the right way. And I even remember, I even remember speakers back when I was really young in grade school and high school. It didn't happen very often where I lived, but that was something that I, it was like when those people were coming in and speaking, it was like, yes, like that looks so awesome. I want to touch people's lives like that. I want to help people. That is like, that is the thing that when I really paid attention to energy, that's what I wanted. That was this this voice inside of me that I was too scared to share with anyone. Because I truly believed, because in, and I was told lots, like, who wants to hear what you have to say? Who Who's going to believe you? Who's going to listen to you? You know, nobody. Like, you know, and it's just kind of this this thing that I had that I carried with me for a really long time and and to be 100% honest with you guys it's still there like I still I still hear these naysaying voices in my head that sound a lot like my dad's voice (laughs) is like this who is going to want to listen to you who cares what you have to say? Just quiet down, stand in the corner, and don't bother anybody. Go do the thing that you're really good at. Just go shoot hoops, you know? Just just go pick up a hammer. Just go to work. Go put your head down and work because that's what you're good at. And so, you know, I framed my career, like it's kind of, that's punny, framing, framed. I kind of wrapped up my career in this gift basket of this is something I've always really wanted to do. I wanted to be involved. I always wanted to help build the house and nobody would let me. So I'm just going to do it on my own. And, and I always, there was like this piece in the back of my mind that was like, you're not letting me help build the house because you think I can't do it or because I'm a girl. I can't take shot because I'm a girl, or you think I can't do it. And it was this big kind of, like, it was just something that I had to do to prove to myself, to prove to whoever. Nobody else cared. It was really all about me. I think that's another really misconception we have, is that we really think that other people care way more than they do about what the hell we're doing. Nobody cares. Nobody cared that I went to be a carpenter. Like, 
I don't even, it was like such a non-thing in my family that I don't even remember having a conversation about it with my family at all. <laughs> um, this last one though, this this was a little bit um, different story, but totally different times in my life. I think that, you know, when it was like, okay, Bonnie's just gone to school to be an accountant and now she's starting at $14 an hour to be a framer. Like this is probably expected, you know, but the, the reality is, is that I think that a lot of us settle into places. A lot of us settle into jobs instead of careers. We settle into jobs based on what we think our strengths are what are and and you know what that was not even what my strengths were it's like what you have received praise for in the past you've been really caring maybe you should be a nurse you've been really been really something so maybe you should go do this thing and that was me like I had always received praise for my athleticism for my physical hard work you know, and I knew that that's something I could do. When I was in high school, I worked for a stonemason, which was, I mean, I mostly just moved rocks around. <laughs> but if anything, I knew I could work hard physically. And it was just this thing that I knew I would be able to do. So I went and did it. And it was very cut and clear how I was going to make money doing that. I knew I wasn't going to make a lot when I was a laborer, but I knew that I could work my way up and, and own my own business. And I convinced myself of that because I had taken business in, in college. Um, I don't think that there's anything that could actually, um, fully prepare someone for what entrepreneurship really looks like. But, but I, I went down this path and this road based on what I thought I was good at. But the thing about deciding, and you you have to decide to do what you want, not to just do the things you're good at. You know, I'm good at a lot of things. I would be a really good janitor. I would be a really good waitress. I would be really good at serving Tim Hortons coffee. I would probably be a really good school teacher. I would probably be, you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, sit here, sit here and say that I'm good at everything. It's just the point is, is that there's things that yes, you are good at, but that does not mean that you have to do them. Just because you're good at something does not mean that you have to do it. And that's where I think we start to get really confused when we're kids and when we're young and when we're in that, that high school, grade 11, 12, first year of college you're like okay well what am I going to do for a living you look to what you're good at not what you're passionate about not what gives you energy not what you really want to do not what's really on your heart not something that's going to challenge you not something that's going to fulfill you not something that's truly going to give back we don't focus on any of those things we focus on what we're good at and what we like and I think that, you know, we even, I remember when I was in, in grade 12, we would go through these little personality test things, and then it would spit out like 10 jobs that would be good for you. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I don't even know if, I don't even know if motivational speaker made that list. How could you take a quiz for someone and then spit out motivational speaker is what you should do. Like, that's just... 
the that is not something that would have ever came up at a young age. I didn't know any motivational speakers. I didn't know like anybody in that realm other than the people who came every now and then to my school or my place of work. And so essentially where I'm at right now is that I've made this huge decision which, you know, is really killing off this other part of myself. And the the part that I'm killing off is this concept that I need to do the things that I'm good at. Because that's what I've always done. I've always leaned into my leaned into my strengths that I've received praise for. And you know, even when I take a strengths finder quiz, right? It's like things like positivity, charisma, woo, connection with people. It's things that it's things that have helped me in all faucets of my life. It has helped me everywhere in my life. But those things that are my strengths, those are like this special gift that I need to exploit to its maximum potential. And by being positive and having charisma and being able to connect with people, that made me a really good customer service person. It made me good at connecting with trades and motivating them to do, to show up and do their job. It, it helped me in quality control when tough conversations had to be had. It helped me with people moving in. You know, it helped me in that line of work. But now it is time to decide to take that to its fullest potential where I'm going to use it to help you. <laughs> and I'm I'm really, you know, kind of getting personal and sharing my what I think is kind of a boring story. Um I'm sharing that because I want you guys to see that I'm really just a normal person. And a lot of people think that I'm crazy and that I'm insane for doing what I'm doing. And part of that might be slightly true. But I don't I don't think the word is crazy or insane. I think the word is <laughs> courageous. You know, it's it's having the courage to try to live a life to its maximum potential to live a life that is designed based on who you truly are and that's what I want to do I want to live a life based on who I'm who I truly am because whenever we get off of our path whenever we get off of living the life that we truly are that's where we get stuck and we get unhappy with ourselves we get unhappy with our circumstances we try to blame other people we try to shame other people we are ashamed of ourselves we pass that shame to other people and it just it does not it looks like society you know it looks like people cutting other people off in traffic back like just the other day, somebody hit the back of Michelle's car, my wife, they hit the back of her car, 
and jumped out and started screaming at her because she shouldn't have merged. Like they hit her and they jumped out and were screaming at her, yelling at her. She was she was actually just like couldn't she didn't even get anything from the guy who didn't have anything wrong with his massive truck and like her bumper was almost falling off and she just drove home like she just left because he was just screaming at her we end up in a society full of people like that full of people who are so angry and upset that every little thing that goes wrong they have to have someone to blame and someone to shame because really they're feeling like they're not enough and so if if you guys are in that situation if you're in the situation where you're feeling like you're just unhappy but you don't know why you know you're thinking like everything should be lining up now you know i've got the job i've got i've got the wife the, the husband the kids i've got everything i could ever want so why am i unhappy why am i grumpy why do i hate going to my job why do i hate coming home <laughs> it's like no matter where you are no matter what you're doing you just are not free you're not happy and i think that a lot of it is because it's not in line with who you're meant to be and i'm not saying that you have to do this dangerous crazy thing like I did in quitting your job and pursuing this wild career with a lot of uncertainty maybe it like maybe it is a career change I don't know I don't know what it looks like for you but sometimes it's just simply remembering who you are and remembering that you love photography or remembering that you love to paint or that you love communicating with people or helping young kids learn baseball maybe like I don't know what it is for you I don't have those answers only you have those answers but if you never ask yourself the question if you never ask yourself even to just go back and try to map yourself to where you are right now today why are you an electrician why are you a nurse? Why are you a plumber? Why are you an accountant? Why why are you in sales? Like what is it? Right? And so when you start to track back, think about when you were a little kid and think about what you wanted to do most more than anything. And it's really funny because I really you know, I think that we kind of grow through these stages of our life. And when I was a really young kid, like six, seven, eight, um, maybe even nine, ten, is when I really wanted to build a house, you know. And then in high school, I still wanted to take shop. But it was like, it was always this little kid. There was always this little person, this little kid that really wanted to build. And I fulfilled that. And then when I got into high school and I really got into serious sports, competitive sports, where high achievement, high performance, being the best that I could be, trying to make the best team, make the best of other people, that was something that was really important to me at that time in my life as well. And I actually just went 
home recently uh, before we had gone to Hawaii on our vacation. And my mom had found this notebook. She must have been going through old boxes or something. I don't know what she was doing, but she found a notebook and it had 2002 on the cover. It was kind of like a little agenda day planner thing. And it was mine. Um, And inside of that book was all of these journal entries and motivational quotes and inspirational thoughts and ideas that I had written down in regards to sports and in regards to my sports teams and things that I would, you know, I I went back in time. So like it kind of jogged my memory of like, man, why did I write these things? And I was, it would have been a freshman. I would have been in grade nine. And I remember that experience of, wanting to be a leader on these teams um, of grade 9, 10, 11, 12. You know, we were in a small, very small town, very small community. So when I was in grade 9, I was on on teams with players that were in grade 12. They were a lot older than me, and I felt like they wouldn't, look up to me but there was all these things that I wanted to say and all of these motivational ideas and inspirational thoughts and all these leadership ideas that I wanted to say and I didn't I would just write them down and I would read I must have read books I don't know how I would have came up with it without reading books I had to have I didn't really read though (laughs) unless it was a school assignment so I mean I came up with them somewhere And until my mom handed me that book, that was not a memory that I had. I didn't, I did not remember that in ninth grade, that was something that was on my mind and on my heart. And just seeing that, it was like this confirmation that was like, yeah, this is what I was meant to do. This is it. And so I really think that we're going through these stages and phases of when we were little kids, there was these things that we wanted to do and they are going to stay there. They're going to stay on your heart, deep inside there. They're going to stay there until you fulfill them and until you move on to the next level of your life to get to the next stage where you can live that. And that is where your joy and fulfillment and happiness is going to come from, is when you can just be yourself. Because in grade nine, there was nothing, there was not Instagram, there was not Facebook, there was not anything that was, you know, it wasn't like I just, you know, woke up in the morning, hopped on my phone, and there was like 55 inspirational quotes on my feed. In 2009, or in... 2002, I didn't have that. When I was in grade nine, I didn't have that. But that was something that was always there for me. And so what I know is that you guys who are listening to this, you guys have that too. And if you have continued listening to this podcast for this long, that is how I really know that you have something. There is something that you've always wanted to do. It could be a freaking airline pilot. It could be, who knows? Like, it could be anything. And this thing will stay in there. 
it will stay in there festering, wanting to get out, wanting to be done until you do it. And that little thing in there is not benign. Like, I, you guys, I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, Bonnie, like, yeah, I have always wanted to be an airline pilot, but that's not, that's not going to, like, I'm never going to be able to do that. Like, I, I'm, this is my profession. This is my career. This is what I'm doing right now. And there's no way I can go and do that. Because I have a family now. I have kids. I Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I don't know what your excuses are. But it doesn't always look like what you think it looks like. And all you have to do is start taking small steps in the right direction. Because... You don't need to quit your job to go to and take out all these loans to go be a commercial airline pilot for WestJet or Southwest Airlines. That's not what you have to do. If it's always been on your heart to fly an airplane, go go get like a little bush pilot's license. Go go to the airport and say like what do I need to pay to ride in the cockpit with you? What do I need to do to like what how, what's my first, what's my next step? What's the next right step that's going to get me a little bit closer to flying an airplane? Because I, like, I don't know what it is for you. And, and sometimes we think that we're on to something. We think like that's the thing. That's what I always got to do. And we start down that path. And then we realize, no, this was not it. You know, and I can get into that on another podcast about how I, you know, I knew that there was something inside and I thought I was headed on the right path to fulfill what it was, but it was because I was so blind and so naive to what I really wanted to do that I was just like shooting arrows into the abyss. You know, it was like, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta do something. I gotta do something. Maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. And as soon as I went about one, two, three steps, it was like, no, this is not it. One, two, three steps. No, this is not it. One, two, three steps. No, this is not it. What do all of these have in common? Oh my, wow. Coaching and speaking. So, hello, you know? And that's sometimes what we have to do when we hit this point where we're stuck and miserable. Sometimes you got to go and dabble in one or two things. You got to go take one, two, five steps and say, no, this was not it. But when you know it is it, you are willing to take 20 steps in the wrong direction and fall down 20 times and to get back up and say, okay, what is the next step now? <laughs> and and that's really what chasing your dream looks like. That's what progressing towards your dream looks like. And so if you never take any steps and, and you don't have to quit your job to take steps, you can start waking up earlier, you can like schedule time to take these steps and and do it and try it. And so that's what this new chapter in my life is all about. But I don't I don't want to leave I don't want to just I don't want to just turn into one of those coaches that is just saying, "Okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this." Because it is not like self-awareness and Changing your life, transformation, is not a how-to process. I cannot hand you a map and say, do this. Because it's not the same for every person. And it's not going to be the same for you as it was for me. All I can do for you 
is share my experiences, share my stories. I know what was really hard and I want to know so that I can help more people. I've been really digging into brain science, brain research. I've been really trying to dive deep on what motivates people, what, why we make the decisions we make, what, what shapes us into the people we are, we become. And I've been digging into that information because I think that when I can understand that, when I can understand why I made the choices I made, I can, I can work backwards from from how I got to where I am now, where I know I'm living my best life, where I know I'm setting setting intentions for my life, I know I'm on my path now. I want to be able to reverse engineer that. I want to be able to look back and say this was this was productive, this was not, and how did I get here? Because I want to help people get to where I'm at, because. Man, you guys, this feels like freedom. I I don't know how else to explain it other than freedom. And, you know, I I remember about a year and a half ago when I was sitting in front of, you know, like these kind of spreadsheets and bills and assets and liabilities because I did take accounting so I'm like trying to use some knowledge that I have and and compounded interest calculations and investments and and I'm sitting down with all of this these numbers and I'm trying to figure out when I can retire and there was this moment when I just dropped my pen and I looked up And I was just like, holy shit, I just need to keep doing exactly what I'm doing for another 25 to 30 years. And if I was not so emotionally numb, I probably would have started crying. But it was just like, yeah, like, that's, this is life. Like, I have to put up with this shit for 25 more years. And then, because to me, because then when I retired, that's when I was going to start living my life. And the thing is, is that when you, the day you start doing what you love and doing what you want and doing what brings you fulfillment and joy, you are retired. You just do, just do that thing for money and you're retired. Because if you really think about retirement, what, like, what are you going to do? Like you can only play so much golf. You can only go to the beach for so long before you're just like, okay, what do I do now? And that might look like some random side projects here and there. But like, what would you do if money was no object, if you had all of the money? And if that answer is legit, you would just play golf? Then go be a golf pro and play golf for a living. Like, that's a thing. Like, people just, people just talk to people and play golf and talk about golf all day. And that is a job that's that's a career (laughs) and so it's just like whatever that answer to that question is what would you do would you hunt would you hike be a tour guide would you just travel start up a travel instagram run a travel agency like i don't know what it is that you would do 
But I know that if there is a thing that you would do if money was no object and you can figure out how to do that thing for money. And so we have to get from this place of feeling caged and feeling trapped and feeling like we're not going to start living our life until we retire. We have to move from that place. We have to move from there to freedom. And guys, like right now, I'm standing on the side of freedom. And you know what? It looks scary as shit right now. It looks really uncertain. But I know that it is free. And I know that I'm going to make it work. And I know that you can too. Because when you show up and do something that you're passionate about, people notice because it is so rare. It is so incredibly rare. And you know these people I'm talking about. And it doesn't matter if you're going through the Tim Hortons drive through when somebody hands you that cup of coffee and are just like, have a great day. And they feel that with that cup of coffee that they're giving you, they're giving you joy. That's what they're giving me. Like, I love coffee. There is a difference between that person handing you joy and the person like, here's your coffee. You know, what I, like when you're when you want to be somewhere, that is the difference. And that's how you're going to make money. We all know the doctor, the nurse, the waitress, the waiter, the the anybody. We know these people when they are where they want to be and they are showing up fully present to serve in the highest purpose that they can, those people are incredible and we can feel it. We know it. And we've we've even said it. It's just like when you've left a restaurant or you've left a hospital even, you know, you know the nurses that are there that are totally passionate about their job. Because you know that they were there to truly help you. And you know the ones that are there collecting a paycheck. You know that. And so I challenge you guys. I'm, I am literally challenging you to believe that you are worth it. Believe that you are worth the risk of standing on the side of courage and standing on the side of freedom and standing on the side that's a little bit scary but going to be so incredibly rewarding and fulfilling. And it won't just be for you. I cannot explain how much doing this and making this change has helped my family. And I don't want you to get me wrong, it has also caused it has also caused a lot of waves with my family. But the waves are because it's scary. The waves are because it's uncertain. The waves are because it's unknown. And people are afraid of change. Everyone is afraid of change. It is programmed in us. Like our brains are afraid of change. But you have to be able to overcome that. And you have to be able to be courageous and know that you are worth it. Know that you are worth the work of being courageous and worth the work of facing the fear of change. All right, so this is really kicking off season two. I feel like I could really go on for about another six more hours, but I will break these up into some smaller episodes for you guys. But I want to just, 
I wanted to get that all out there on the line so you guys know exactly where I'm at and exactly where I'm coming from and where I came from because I think that I think that I would be doing all of you guys a really big disservice if I didn't talk about how I got here to this moment. And, you know, what what made me realize that I really needed to share that story is some family friends of ours were kind of joking and they were like, what the hell, Bonnie, did a coconut fall out of the sky and hit you in the head? And you just, like, blew up? Like, what the hell happened? And that's what's really perceived online and that's what's really perceived on social media when it's just all of a sudden out of the blue one day Bonnie started posting some random motivational things and I have had those random motivational things inside definitely from around from around 2002 my mom was really gracious enough to find that really embarrassing notebook of mine (laughs) and so I wanted to share that with you guys and I want you guys to reach out. I want you to, I don't want any of you to be afraid of like, oh, if I, you know, if I email Bonnie or if I this, if I that, she's like, you do, I, you do not need to pay me to talk to me. That is not like, that is not a thing. And I am not going to judge you for where you are on your path and on your journey because I was exactly there. You know, like, not exactly, like, obviously your situation is different than mine um, in in exponential ways, but I have been down the deep, dark rabbit hole. I have been, I have been in the crap toilet myself, and there's absolutely no judgment. I, I want you guys to know that I'm truly here to serve you at my highest purpose, and... I don't know what helping you particularly looks like. I hope this podcast is helping you. But if you want to reach out, send me an email, and just let me know what it is exactly you need so that I can help you with that. Um, And even I'm going to be offering one-on-one coaching. If you want to do just a 30-minute discovery session to see if we would be a good fit to work together. I would be more than happy to do to do that as well. So please reach out if you guys have any questions. And if not, keep listening because we are gonna really we are really gonna dive deep into all of these little segments and get kind of personal in some stories. And I wanna share other people's stories as well. I think there's there is just mass amounts of value in hearing other people's journeys and how they really got their life back on track as well. And I know a few people like that because they've reached out and 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 shared their journey because I think that when when you see other people, you know, stepping stepping into the light and stepping onto their path, um the people want to reach out and congratulate you for being there and a few people have done that for me and helped me with that and I want to share their stories so keep listening and I hope this was of value to you if it was share it on your on your Facebook screenshot it put it on your Instagram because I think that more people need to hear this I think more people need 
to start these conversations of how we can navigate this crazy journey that we call life. Because the thing is, is like nobody wants to be told how to live. Nobody wants to stick their neck out and tell somebody else how to live. And so a lot of these conversations just don't happen. And the thing is, is that nobody is straight up telling anybody how they should should be living their life. But I know that there's a lot of good ideas and a lot of science-backed research that helps us make sure that we're living our best life and our definition of success. And the beauty of that is, is you get to take the information you want and leave the stuff that you don't want. So stay tuned for some upcoming podcasts. Share this on, like it, share it, comment on it, and we will see you next time.